Hello and welcome. You're listening to Voices from the Pews, the show that invites you to conversations with Catholics of color and those from communities of non-European origin, so that we can get to know more about each other's faith, experiences, and stories. I'm your host, Lorna DeRose. A little over 500 years ago, in the 16th century, Catholicism was introduced to the inhabitants of an archipelago in Southeast Asia. Originally, it was named the St. Lazarus Islands, but was soon renamed the Philippines in honor of Philip II of Spain by the Spanish explorers. The first Mass in these islands was celebrated on Easter Sunday, which fell on March 16, 1521. Today, the Philippines is home to Asia's largest Catholic population. Eight out of ten Filipinos are Catholic, and six out of ten Filipino Americans identify as being Catholic. According to the Pew Research Center, the United States and the Philippines are two of the top five countries with the largest number of Catholics in the world. Father Alex Castro, who is an Assumptionist father, pastor of St. Anne St. Patrick Parish in Sturbridge, Massachusetts, and chaplain of the Filipino Apostolate of the Archdiocese of Boston, joins us to talk about his vocation story, the Filipino apostolate, and the connection between faith and culture. I hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome. And Father, thank you so much for being with us today on the podcast. So before we go any deeper, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, your family, and where you grew up? So originally, I'm from the Philippines. I belong to the congregation, the Augustinians of the Assumption, also known as the Assumptionists. We have our base in Brighton in Massachusetts, and then we have two communities in Worcester, and then here at the parish at St. Anne St. Patrick uh, Parish here in Sturbridge. So I belong to a very small family. I, I'm an only child. And uh, I got to know the Assumptionist through my Assumption education in the Philippines, through the Assumption Sisters. And uh, it began in, in the year 2000 when I met uh, the, the vocation director. And then with my desire to become a priest, uh, my spiritual director and Assumption Sister said, like, why don't you consider the Assumptionist our male counterpart? That's where the whole story began. And then... I was sent to the United States to start my initial formation with the Assumptionists in 2001 at our, college, uh, at our school, uh, Assumption College, now Assumption University in Worcester. And then from there, I decided to join them. I decided to, to be part of that uh, uh, community, the, the Assumptionists. That must have been quite a journey coming all the way from the Philippines to the U.S. and you're discerning to join a community and then, you know, getting to know the community as well as getting to know a, a new culture. Oh, yes. At first, it was an adjustment. No, first, it's weather. No, we don't have winter in the Philippines. So right. yeah. that was a big adjustment. No. <laughs> and then the secondly is uh, 
just the culture. That was also an adjustment. But uh, thank God for the community where I was uh, assigned. Thank God for the students we were in contact with when we were still at the college. No? Those are opportunities for us to connect where we felt welcome. And then, of course, our initial contact with the Filipinos in Worcester. No? That was also helpful because they know that whenever somebody is new in a place, you feel homesick. No? You feel like you want to go back or you feel like that sense of being a part again of the Filipino experience even outside your country. So that was very helpful for us, those adjustments. Yeah, yeah that's wonderful. You had people to kind of support you and uh, welcome you and help you to make those connections, especially when you were going through those initial stages of culture oh, shock. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, that's, yes. That's, <laughs> yeah. And, you yeah. know, they always say that people who have those connections are more successful in becoming more acclimatized to the culture when they have those support systems, whether it's, you know, a community, for example, in your case, the Filipino community, uh, the assumptionist community themselves who were supportive of you and encouraging you as well. Mm -hmm. So that's great. And so in addition to being in Worcester and being that you are a missionary, what are some other places that you've been to? So I, I started my formation here in the United States in 2001, being a postulant. And then after that, after a year uh, as a novice, meaning a, a begin a new member, discerning member of the community. And then I had my first vows in 2004. And then after that, I, I was sent back to Brighton to study, to start my initial theological studies at St. John Seminary in Brighton. And then in 2006, our congregation decided to start the foundation in the Philippines. So I, I volunteered to be one of the first members of the new community in the Philippines. So after my initial formation here in the States from 2001 to January of 2006, I was sent to the Philippines to be part of the founding community in the Philippines. No? So that's the first thing. and then. I finished my theological studies in, in the Philippines at the University of Santo Tomas, the Dominican University there. And then after my ordination in 2011, I was sent back to the United States for my first assignment. No? So I went back. I was sent back. So then uh, that's where I started my missionary experience here in the United States as a priest no? That was June of 2012. But aside from that, initially I was asked to be part of the formation team. But then I was asked to stay longer. No? Then I, I was given a new assignment as the treasurer. First the U.S. region. And then after that, as the treasurer for the whole North American province, which is, consists of U.S., Quebec, and Mexico. So. Uh, as part of my responsibilities, I was able to visit Quebec, visit Mexico, and then the different communities in relation to their finances, in relation to the temporal resources. No? So that's part of uh, what I did in relation to uh, my responsibility. And then part of that also is to be able to travel to some of the different communities. For example, every year, uh, since 2016, uh, I need to go to Rome to visit, to be at our general house for our regular 
meetings. These are chapter meetings, yes? Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Chapter meetings for the treasurers. And then was an opportunity for me to visit the different communities. For example, we were able to have a meeting in Paris, France, and then another summer in the Philippines, and then another opportunity also in, in an, another community outside. Now, so those are opportunities for me to, to be able to serve and then to be able to be immersed in the different uh, experiences and uh, communities where we are located. Mm. Now, how large is the Assumptionist community, Father? Uh, I know you're saying that there's, in North America, it's as far north as Quebec and as far south as Mexico. Mexico. Yes. But, when but think, uh, mm-hmm. we are an international congregation, uh, around uh, less than a thousand uh, members, no? less than a thousand members present in uh, 30 to 35 uh, countries. On top of that, you are also the pastor of a parish. Yes, yes. I was assigned as a pastor here at St. Anne St. Patrick in August of 2018. So uh, it will be four years this coming August. And it's a busy enough parish as well, in addition to... Oh, yes, because it's also the, the home of St. Anne's Shrine. No? So it's Aside from being a parish, it's also a shrine to St. Anne. So uh, that's another apostolate or ministry that we have here at the parish. Yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 uh, and, yeah. And I'm sure that's a blessing to so many people who come from, from so many different places. Oh yes. oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. And then, of course, added to that is my uh, responsibility as the chaplain for the Filipino apostolate in Boston. So. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, Father, when when do you sleep? <laughs> but you know, I enjoy it now because one, the parish and the shrine. I'm being helped by a team. No, we are a community here at the parish. No, so therefore, I'm not the only one. But of course, as a pastor, I have that bigger responsibility. And then the work also as a treasurer, I have a staff that helps me, no? But uh, what makes me, uh, uh, the Filipino apostolate then is the one that connects me to, to my country, no? It, it, it's that personal connection, that, uh, that cultural connection. That, that's also something strengthening, no? And helping me, nourishing me in my faith life, so... <laughs> You're listening to the Voices from the Pews podcast. We'll get back to this interview with Father Alex Castro in a moment. But first, I want to tell you about my small business. Hi, my name is Byron Lee, and I run a company called Superblink.org. We have a mission to help other small businesses find their voice. If you have a podcast idea, check us out. Our website is Superblink.org. That's S-U-P-E-R-B-L-I-N-K dot org. And now, back to the podcast. Tell me a little bit about how the faith nourishes the life of Filipino Catholics, whether they are here or in the Philippines. We just recently celebrated the 501st anniversary of the arrival of Christianity in the Philippines. And then just last October, no, last October of 2021, uh, we had that opportunity of having a celebration with Cardinal Shanomali no, at Holy Name Church. And uh, that was a big celebration. 
where we were able to gather Filipinos from the Boston area and outside Boston area to celebrate together to, in Thanksgiving of that 500 years of Christianity. Now, being the largest Catholic country in Asia, faith is always expressed, I would say, in our daily life. And that faith is part of the Filipino culture, no? Uh, the trust in God, that love of neighbor, and then the presence and participation in the church, no? wherever they are, here in the, here in the United States, in Rome or in other areas, no? it's, it's, it's part of that culture. It, it's, it's like part of our bloodline. No? There were even some covenants saying, we are the Paul of Tarsus, no? bringing the faith wherever we go. No? Uh, the Cardinal of uh, Myanmar, in one of his uh, remarks and homilies that he said, like, Filipinos are in the air. Filipinos are in the sea, Filipinos are in the land, and wherever there are Filipinos, evangelization is present. No? Which is sometimes, yeah, it's true. No? It's how we express that faith in the way we live our life. No? So I would say no, we're thankful for that, for that challenge, I would say challenge, to really bring that wherever we are. No? Mm -hmm. And the challenge of evangelizing and sharing your faith wherever you are, it's truly being yourself um, wherever you may find yourself, whether you're, as the Cardinal said, you're in the air, the sea, um, and there are so many who come, whether they're on ships or um, they're, they're TAs on planes, they're carrying their faith in God, and they're able to bear witness of their faith and the way they work, they serve. Or even, you know, as Mother Teresa says, you know, even just sharing a smile with another person oh, yes. is a oh, wonderful yes. way of sharing your faith. So could you share with us a little bit about the history of the apostolate? How did it come to be? The Philippine apostolate in Boston started when a planning committee was established in Boston to celebrate the centennial of the Filipino revolution in of the 1898 revolution, mm -hmm. and so that means it's uh, the celebration was 1998. No, it was it was only a group who would like to celebrate that centennial here in the states. But then the desire came out from that celebration that hey, why don't we gather the Filipinos on a regular basis to celebrate the Eucharist? To celebrate together as a community, you know, celebrating the way we celebrate in the Philippines with mass, with food, with joyful celebration, so that it's an expression of who we are. So it became an offshoot of that celebration of the centennial here in, in Boston. And then it grew to become the Filipino apostolate. That is wonderful. And that's a beautiful witness of how one event became a way of gathering together to celebrate the Eucharist and being in communion with Christ and with one another in the Eucharist. And I appreciate what you said about, you know, not only celebrating Mass, but being with one another after Mass, whether it's to celebrate, you know, just sharing food, being in community with one another as well. Uh, I'm sure that that helps so many people feel more at home 
even if you've been here for a long time, but just being able to make the connection of, of chatting with someone. Actually, there was even one Filipino theologian who would best describe Filipino culture. No, He said Filipino culture can be des- described in three words. One, faith, where faith is always active and expressed. And then food. <laughs> food where there's fellowship and then gathering and then fun. We love to be able to celebrate and then having fun together. And put those three together, he said, is an expression of the Filipino culture. Well, you know, it's very Christ-like because if we look in some of the Gospels, Jesus is always at table eating oh, yes. with, with, with the disciples and people he has met. So, yes, absolutely. You're, you're, oh, you're, yes. <laughs> this is part of discipleship, food, yeah, faith, it's and fun. It's, it's, it's like a Eucharistic fellowship. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like food. being together, celebrating mm-hmm. a meal, yeah. and then having fun. No? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Food for the food for the body, food for the soul, and you're yeah. having fun in, in the meantime. Oh yes, sure, oh, yes. absolutely. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about some of the, in addition to mass and gatherings after mass, are there other activities and events that the apostolate does throughout the year? Yes. The basic foundation of all our gatherings is the Eucharist. No? Every month we have three Eucharistic celebrations in different communities. No? Three times a month we have those celebrations. Second Sunday of the month, we have the celebration at uh, St. Joseph's in Malden, which is for the North Shore communities. And then third Sunday is uh, St. Tarsitius in Framingham, that is for the central Massachusetts, near Worcester area. No? And then fourth Sunday, it's a holy name at West Roxbury. That is central South Shore area. So those are the three uh, groups. So the central to that uh, is the celebration of the Eucharist. But aside from that, we integrate different celebrations that describes our Filipino tradition. For example, in January, we celebrate the Feast of the Holy Child, no? Santo Nino, which is in commemoration and in remembrance of the first ever religious statue given to us by the Spaniards when they arrived in the Philippines 500 years ago, no? the Holy Child of Jesus, Santo Nino. And then another big celebration is our Easter celebration, no? whenever we gather. And then if it's the Sunday during those Three Sundays, we celebrate a unique cultural celebration of the Easter, where it's what we call the Encuentro, no? the encounter of the risen Lord with his grieving mother. So that's part of the celebration. And then uh, May, we have what we call Santa Cruzan, no? or Flores de Mayo, where we commemorate the finding of the Holy Cross and part of that celebration also is Marian, no? the, Marian the Marian aspect of that celebration. That's why it's called the, the Flowers of May. And then September, we celebrate our Filipino martyrs. Now, we have two Filipino martyrs, San Pedro Calungsod, a catechist, a young catechist who was martyred in Guam. And then Lorenzo Ruiz, uh, the first Filipino martyr was martyred in Nagasaki in Japan. So both of them were catechists 
and the missionaries. And we celebrate that in September. And then December, of course, is Christmas, no? where we gather together for our Christmas celebration. So those are some of the main uh, celebrations that we have for the whole year. No? And then in between, of course, we have retreats and recollections for the different groups and where we gather and then just uh, and then the others will be uh, other fellowship activities. Well, that sounds like a very full year and a very active community in Boston. Yes, yes, and, yes, uh, and yes. I'm sure that's such a blessing to so many who, you know, find the community. And if someone is interested in finding the community and becoming active or participating in mass or some of the events, where would they find the communities? I know that they're at St. Joseph's and at the St. Tarsicius, but if they were looking online, where would they find the community? So we have an active Facebook account, uh, the Philippine Apostolate of Boston, where we post regularly some information or regarding our events and activities. And then, of course, we have our uh, website, Philippine Apostolate. Uh, and then, uh, of course, what's this? Uh, the presence of the Filipino communities on those three on the three churches that we at the time mentioned, no? St. Joseph's in Malden, St. Tarsicius in Framingham, and then the Holy, Holy Name Church in West Roxbury. And in all those celebrations, Ma- we celebrate Mass at one in the afternoon. So one in the afternoon, the, our Eucharistic celebration on those three communities. Oh, that's wonderful, Father. Thank you so much for sharing a little bit about the Filipino apostolate, a little bit about your vocation and your journey here to Boston, and then also just sharing a little bit about the culture of faith, the fun and food of, of the Filipino community. And thank you also, Lorna, for this opportunity. No, I mean, these are opportunities of really a way of sharing who we are and then sharing how we, we express a witness to that faith here in the greater Boston area or uh, wherever this may reach uh, the communications or this information, but it, it is an opportunity for us to share that. And thank you for, the, for inviting me in the name of the Filipino community for being part of this uh, podcast. Huh? Absolutely, Father. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed listening to today's conversation with Father Alex Castro, who helped us to understand how faith can be woven into the life and particular culture, how how faith can be woven into a particular culture. I am grateful to the listeners who have reached out with words of encouragement, suggestions, and recommendations. This is what will improve the sound, quality, and content of this outreach. I'd like to share a comment by Sister Bernadette, who says, I just listened to the episode with Jamile and the Shalom Catholic community. I just listened to the episode with Jamile and the Shalom Catholic community. It was amazing to listen to her sharing of her experience. The fact that the Shalom Catholic community has spread to 22 countries calls attention to the fact that it is solid. Being able to attract members who commit themselves 
seriously to Christ and the church. Please share your thoughts about the podcast and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help others discover the show. Also, share an episode with a friend or on social media. Voices from the Pews is produced by Lorna Rose. Audio editing and post-production by Byron Lee. Music composed and performed by André Lui. Social media assistance provided by Jacqueline Brunache. Web hosting provided by Beyond the Brand. For more information about Voices from the Pews, go to VoicesFromThePews.com. Thank you for listening. See you in two weeks.